be part of a church that loves church planning? Yes. Yeah. Because ultimately, we don't plant churches just to plant churches. We plant churches to reach people. Plant churches to make disciples. Plant churches to see lives change, eternities change. That's why we plant churches. Um, 150 years ago, 150 years ago this year, 1867. Anybody remember that? Anybody? Careful. I know I'm, I need to be real careful there because somebody will throw a hymn book at me or something. Um, 1867, Woodburn Baptist Church was planted by Providence Knob Baptist Church, which is just right down the road. Um, they saw something here. They saw a work of God in Woodburn, Kentucky that nobody else saw. They saw something that God could do in a little town that only God could do. They saw something that nobody else could. And they saw a church, they saw lives change, but they also saw you. And they saw me. They saw down the road, they didn't know our names, they didn't know our kids' names, they didn't know the, the situations of life that we would, we would be on, but they knew if they, start, if they obeyed God and they started a church, if they started a movement of God, that something would come of that. They knew if God was in it, that God would be glorified in it, and lives would be changed. And 150 years later, we sit because they obeyed. We are here today because some men and women got on their horses and in their buggies and came across the county to plant a church in Woodburn, Kentucky. And we stand on their shoulders, and we do the same thing. So 150 years ago, Woodburn started, and Woodburn's been through ups and downs and ins and outs and good days and bad days, but they've ultimately stayed true to their roots and their calling, and all of us are part of that, and all of us are now part of what is to come. Five years ago when I came to Woodburn, I was, I, you know, I'm from Mississippi originally. I ended up in North Carolina for a while. I was in Texas. I was in Texas in the smoldering heat, and and. On my radar comes Woodburn, of all places. I had never, I've only, I had only been to Kentucky like twice in my life. Never had the desire to live in Kentucky ever. And now here I am. And Woodburn came on my radar. And there's something, when I came and, and interviewed and started meeting people, there was a couple things that drew me to Woodburn. Number one, it was, it was the people. I, I love you people. I love this church. Um, quickly, within the first day, uh, many of you just became like family to me, and you've been like family to me for the last five years. But another thing that drew me to Woodburn was the night that, that I was in town with Pastor Tim, and, and he was telling me about Woodburn, and I was asking him questions, and, and he pulls out on his phone or whatever the, the, the diagram of the, the 2020 vision. And I'd never seen anything like that. I'd never seen a vision like that. I'd never been in a church that had a vision like that. I'd only dreamed of, of such things. And he shows me this, and, and in my mind, I was like, man, I hope I get to come to this church because I want to be part of that in some way. And over the last five years, I've been a guy that's been the youth pastor and young adult pastor preaching these things. Do what God wants you to do. Obey God. We need to plant churches. We need to go into the world. We need to disciple people. And I've preached this over and over again. And then one day, God begins to speak to me about the exact same thing. So I have a decision to make. Do I just continue to preach 
to our kids here about what they should do and me not do what I should do, or should I just do it? So I had this conversation with Pastor Tim, and we prayed about it and started pursuing this thing, and, and it, come, it brings us to now. The 150th anniversary of Woodward Baptist Church, and the possibility, the probability, the guaranteed planting of a church in Warren County um, to reach people. And we're, we're so excited to, to kind of share with you some of the vision that, that God has given us. Um, just to let you know, it's almost like drinking from a fire hose this morning. We're going to give you a lot of stuff, a lot of information, and a lot of it's not complete. A lot of it will be changed as we get into these, this community and we realize, man, this is not the way that we should go. We should go this way. So understand that. These aren't set in stone things, but this is what we're thinking right now. This is kind of the direction we're leave, leading towards. Um, there's a couple things that probably are pretty sure, though. I want you to look at the vision statement of Journey Church. And it's this, Journey Church is an intentional community that engages the message and power of the gospel in the lives of everyone. And that's what we want to be about. That's what we want to continue to be about. And if it's not, if it doesn't fit in what we're wanting to become, we won't do it. Because we want to make sure that the very center of what we do is the gospel. The very center of what we do is the message and the power of the gospel in the lives of every person we come in contact with in our families, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, and ultimately the world. Um, The mission statement is this. This is how we're going to do the vision. It's to mobilize disciples. So this is the the folks that are going with us on a launch team um, are Christians, are followers of Jesus. We want to mobilize them to make disciples. And as we make disciples... We want to mobilize those disciples to make disciples. And those disciples, we want to mobilize them. We don't want people just to sit and come to church. We want people engaged in the mission that God has for them. So mobilizing disciples to make disciples that advance the kingdom of God on earth. And the the great part about it is the great opportunity that, that we have is the area that we're going is full of immigrants, internationals, refugees, and normal old Americans. And the thing is, is we have an opportunity to to reach and make disciples of all nations, literally, all nations, that will go and make disciples of other people. And the thing is, is a number of them will stay put right here in Warren County, will stay put right here in Bowling Green, and we want them to reach their communities and their neighbors and their families. But there's a, a, there's a good chance that a small percentage of them will not stay here in Warren County, will not stay here in Bowling Green, but that will go back home to the Congo, to Bosnia, to, to other places in the world. And we, our desire is to reach those people so that they can go back and be their own missionaries to their own people in their own countries. We want to be that kind of church, that kind of ministry. So as we consider the vision, we consider this, I want to share with you the very first passage that I shared with our team um, about, uh, about three or four months ago. When we met, we met in this neighborhood and we started walking the streets, meeting people and praying over what God could possibly do and kind of we opened our eyes to what the vision was for us. In that community. So, Matthew chapter 14 is the passage I want to share with you this morning. Matthew chapter 14, we're going to look at the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000. Matthew chapter 14, verse number 13 says this As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. 
But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessarily necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. Um, I just want to kind of break down this, these, these verses just a little bit for you and kind of share with you what I see in this passage for, for Journey Church and for Woodburn Baptist Church's participation in Journey Church. In verse number 14, it says this, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them. And one thing I realized here is the disciples hadn't even stepped foot on the shore yet. The disciples didn't know a story yet. They hadn't met a person. They hadn't seen their situation. They had no idea what was going on in the lives of these people. But Jesus did. And Jesus' heart broke for these people. For the huge crowd. He looks across the huge crowd. And he sees the faces. He knows the stories. He knows the hearts. And he's already loved them. So as we consider going into this community, which a number of us have already been involved already, we got to understand something that way before we ever stepped foot on those streets, way before we ever hugged a kid, way before we ever sat in a living room and heard a story of brokenness, Jesus already knew it. And he already loved them. And he's just calling us to come alongside of him and love them too. He had compassion and his heart breaks for them. But also in verse number 14, it says this, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. So again, before the disciples ever stepped out there and and assessed the situation, Jesus began to heal them. He began to to place his hand on their lives and do a work before the disciples ever did anything. And the understanding that in this community that we're going in, we're not bringing the blessings. We're not bringing something amazing with us. God's already been working in the lives of people. He has orchestrated people's lives in order to put them in this community for the gospel The stories that we've already heard of people, you're like, oh my goodness. The conversations I've had on the phone about people who want to join Journey Church and the the mission of Journey Church is just like, okay, I could have never considered that before. I could have never done that, orchestrated that, or, or planned that. That's just God directing their lives. The team that we have already that that's going to be added to from the rest of the congregation. God has been doing things for years in their life, preparing them for this moment. A year ago, when when a number of us started working at Curbside, we had no idea that that was actually the neighborhood that God was actually going to call us to, to reach. But over a year ago, around a year ago, we started pouring into that community, learning who the kids are, getting to meet parents, being in homes already, before we even made real plans to plant a church there. 
God's the only one that can do things like that. And before we step out from the boat, God's been working. Why don't you look at the next verse, verse number 15. It says, that evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. So the disciples are out now. They're, they're going around the people and everybody's complaining like, I'm hungry. I, I have a need here. I've got to have food. And the disciples say, Jesus, you got to send these people away. They got to find their needs met somewhere else. We don't have what it takes here. And they got to go find food for themselves. And the problem is, is the church, not Woodburn necessarily, but the church as a whole, and we're part of that, has for so long said, man, I hope they find somebody. hope somebody goes to them. Maybe the International Center will take care of them. Maybe somebody will step up. And the thing is, is the disciples were trying to do that. There's need right in front of them. And they're saying, we got to send them somewhere else. But the thing is, Jesus says this in the very next verse. He says, that's not necessary. It's not necessary to send them away. You, you do it. You, you feed them. You do it. And the thing is, is 150 years of history sit in this church, on this land, and what God has been doing. There's a vision of, of 20 churches that Pastor Tim has laid out years ago. And it has finally come into fruition in various ways. And God looks at us again and says, don't send them away. You go feed them. You meet their needs. You bring Jesus to them. Because I'm already working. I already loved them. I'm just waiting on you to step forward in my plan for this community. And you go do it. And he continues. He says, in verse number 17, the, the disciples say, but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. There's been a lot of times when I've read this passage and I've, I've considered how faithless these disciples are. I'm like, bunch of faithless followers, come on. I can do better than that. And I think, they're not being faithless. They're being observers of reality. How many of you would do the same thing. You'd look around, you'd like, Jesus, you told us to feed them, but look, this kid has a couple of crackers and a couple of sardines, and I don't have a Pop-Tart in my pocket. I don't, we don't have anything to eat. How are we supposed to feed them? And it's just an observation of reality. But I think it's an important observation for all of us, especially the church, that we can't do this on our own. Journey Church doesn't need to walk up into this neighborhood and think we got all the answers. They just need to come to us and we can give it to them because we can do this. Woodburn Church doesn't say, man, we're going to plant 20 churches and we're going to do it because we got enough money, we got enough people, we got enough time, and we got a great plan. We can't do this on our own. And the disciples, faithless or faithful, I don't know, but just observed, Jesus, we don't have what it takes. And the thing is, neither do we. And Jesus makes three of the most important, uh, says the most, three of the most important words that we could all, that we all need to hear as, as workers and as people who want to follow God. And it's this, he says in the very next verse, bring them here. So in other words, whatever you have, disciples, whatever you have, bring it here. 
If it's just your life, put it in my hands. If it's just a loaf of bread, put it in my hands. If it's just your time, put it in my hands. If it's just your money, put it in my hands. And watch me do what you can't do. Give me what you have. Give me your life. And I'll use it. And that's where we have to get as a church, as, as Woodburn, as Journey, where we say, God, I don't know what you have for me. I know you've got enormous needs out there in the world. And you want to make disciples of all nations. And we don't know how to do that. We, can't, we don't have the resources. But we give you what we have. We give it over to you. And then it continues. It says this, bring them here. And then he told the people to sit down on the grass. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Stop right there. That's where I want to stop. He blessed it. Miracle. You know, give it up for God. He blessed it. 5,000 people were fed. But look, continue reading. This is the part that's hard. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. Then it was multiplied. Then 5,000 plus people were fed because he took what the disciples gave him and he broke it. He broke it. The only way to be multiplied is to be broken. The only way to fulfill the desires that God has for this world is for his people to be broken. Broken for the lost. Broken. And I don't know what brokenness means to you. He may have to crush you. He may have to crush us. He may have to crush me. He may have to crush my arrogance and my pride in order to get to the beautiful fragrance that is Christ in my life. Levi Lusco, pastor in Montana, says this. He's, he's talking about fragrance. And he said at Passion Conference a few days ago, he said, the most incredible fragrances of the world, the most beautiful perfumes of the world have one thing in common. Somebody takes something precious and crushes it. And we, as the church, are called, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are called to be the fragrance of Christ in the world. And the only way, the only way to become the fragrance of Christ in the world is to be crushed, to be crushed. So what is it in us that needs to be crushed? See, to Levi Lusco, the pastor that said that, not too long ago, he lost a five-year-old daughter. And stuff like that scares me to death. But he says, you know, I'm, I'm learning to accept it. I'm not glorifying in it at this point. But he says, I've understood that it is purposeful to be the fragrance of Christ in the world. So, so as we continue this service, we need to understand that we stand on the shoulders of men and women 150 years ago that planted this church. And we have the opportunity to continue the vision that Providence Knob Baptist Church began with us. So as I turn the microphone over, I want you to listen to some of the ideas, some of the plans that we have, and some of the things that we're seeing, the stories, and, uh, and just listen. All right. My name is Jacob. Um, 
along with two people with incredible hair, my fiance Heather and my brother Ethan, uh, we are going to be focused on college ministry and discipleship. Uh, I graduated from UK in 2000, this year, uh, in this last May, <laughs> um, and I was a part of Christian Student Fellowship, uh, which is CSF for short. And uh, during that time, God really worked in me and developed in me a love and a passion for college ministry. And also God laid on my heart um, Western's campus even before um, I knew what that would look like or even before um, any of this came about. So I'm really excited to see how these passions that God has given me and has grown in me um, are going to be used for his glory in the city. Um, the first thing that, uh, one thing that I learned in college uh, is that the concept of meeting people where they are. And this is very important. Uh, this is very important for college students. Um, everyone comes from different walks of life. Uh, everyone comes from uh, different backgrounds, different beliefs, but we have to meet people where they are um, in order to get them uh, where they need to go. And this slide right here says, um, to meet people where they are, we must go to where they are. And that's one reason why I'm so excited about this church, uh, about this potential building. Uh, the location of this church is within two miles of campus. And that's really going to allow us to uh, get into the community and uh, truly become a part of it and uh, be able to serve these college students and then mobilize them to serve in our community as well. So uh, if we can look at this next slide real quick. This is just a strategy for discipleship uh, that our team has kind of come up with. And uh, also, this, I'm going to talk about uh, how, I, how I see college students uh, fitting in in this strategy for discipleship. So the first one is worship, and this is a foundation for discipleship. Uh, we're going to create a place uh, for worship and teaching uh, for students just to come and get away from everything that's going on uh, in their lives during the week from all the tests and, um, you know, the tests in their life as well, and just come and worship God and become more like him. Uh, the second thing is community. Uh, this is the context for discipleship. Uh, we see community um, and discipleship best served in small groups. Uh, this is something that Woodburn as a church has really focused on and uh, something that we're going to focus on as Journey Church as well. Uh, small groups allow you to, uh, to meet with people um, that may not even be in the, you know, have a lot of similarities, but they're going in the same direction as you, and that's running toward Christ. Um, small groups allow you to encourage and be encouraged, teach and learn, and um, be held accountable, and uh, to be mobilized. So uh, we're going to focus a lot on small groups um, as our context for discipleship. Uh, the next thing is service, and this, uh, this is kind of twofold. First, we want to serve these students on campus. Uh, we want to minister to them in any way possible. Uh, we want to show them that God loves them no matter where, who they are or where they came from. Um, and then also, at that point, we want to mobilize uh, college students to serve their community. Uh, this area we're going into, there's going to be a lot of physical needs that need to be met, as well as spiritual needs. Um, so we're going to mobilize these college students in order to meet those needs. And uh, the last thing is multiplication, and this is a result of discipleship. And this concept of multiplication um, is incredible. Basically, we are going into this church plant with the concept of planting a new church, maybe even within the next three years. So we're, we're planning for that um, as we get started. And we might even have a group of people uh, preparing for the next church plant um, even before we launch as a church ourselves. Um, so we're going we're gonna to do that. This multiplication concept 
uh, just kind of to explain a little bit more, um, we could plant this church and we can do incredible things in our community and we could reach people for Christ. But imagine what would it be like if we planted a church that planted a church and then that church planted two more churches. Um, we don't want to limit what God can do. Can you imagine how many people can be reached for Christ um, through this multiplication concept? So that's kind of where we're going um, as far as multiplication. But um, just in conclusion, we just kind of want to create a community for college students, uh, for small groups for college students, and just engage in discipleship alongside them. And um, I really think that God's going to do incredible things on campus, and he's also going to use these students um, just to reach the community uh, for the sake of the gospel. Um, and I think Amy's going to come and talk next. Hi, I'm Amy Oliver, and um, about a year ago, I guess, um, our lives kind of changed because of a lot of different things, but one of the reasons that it changed is because of curbside ministries. Um, it has really kind of rocked our world, and some of you who might not even know what curbside ministries is... Um, God just kind of put it in place, and I found out about it through a friend, called the Bets one night and said, hey, do you want to go to this place that um, is a street ministry and get our kids involved? Because we always like to look for ways to grow our own children and try to teach them to serve and be around others that are different than them. And this just really just kind of, you know, was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. So um, every Thursday night, we go to Lee Street. <clears throat> And um, you can see lots of pictures from just several of the different events. But a typical Thursday night looks like we go and somebody sometimes will maybe share a message with the kids or a verse. They do lots of dancing. We love to dance. Um, we sometimes feed them a meal. A lot of nights we do feed them because you don't know if they're going to get a meal at night um, when they get home. And then we just play games with them. We play soccer. We jump rope. We paint nails. We play Uno. Um, just whatever. Um, just to make those connections and interact with these children. A lot of the children that come are um, low-income, refugee, um, international kids. And a lot of us, there's a huge language barrier. We can't really speak their language um, very well, but we can love them through playing a soccer game and we can dance. And it's been really awesome just some of the worship songs that they've done because they involve movements with the kids, and they do the song, Every Move I Make in, G I make, I make in You, You Make Me Move Jesus. No, I'm not going to start singing it all. But um, anyways, um, it's really cool because they don't really know a lot of English. And then after a few weeks, they just start picking it up. And you'll hear them, na, 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 you know. And it's really just awesome just each week just planting small seeds into these kids' lives and these families in this community and how it changes a lot of people. Um, one of the families that we've gotten pretty close to, um, Dawn is pictured with Sabrina over there on the far left. Um, this family, they used to live in Lee Street Apartments, but they were able to move to a new house. And so we kind of got to know them, and we went to their house um, just you know, talking to the family. And as we walked in, we discovered that there were five kids and two parents, and in their house, they were sleeping on two queen air mattresses between seven people. 
And, you know, a lot of the times in our families, we don't have to struggle with that because our kids have their own rooms. They have their own, you know, beds and everything like that. But um, we just talked to this family and said, you know, how can we help you out? What can we do for you? And so they told us, well, we'd really like beds for our families, and especially the parents. That's what they wanted. They wanted they want to take care of their kids. And so um, we kind of came back to the church and we just said, you know, Woodburn, we need your help because this family needs some beds. And it was within a week's time. Thank you, everybody who donated. Some of you said, I've got an extra bed. I can donate. I've got money. You know, you just tell me. And that is what being a church is about. It's about coming together, pulling our resources together to help out this family. So when we took the beds over there, it was really amazing because we didn't really know this family that well. You know, we just kind of met them. We knew the girls a lot better than we knew the parents. But the dad just kept saying over and over, Mike, he said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I don't understand. Nobody has ever done this for us. And um, that was a point where we could say, you know, we're doing it because of Jesus. Jesus gives us so we can bless others. And, you know, that is what Journey Church wants to be about. We want to be a church that goes and loves the people, gets into their homes, invests in their lives, and, you know, help them wherever they're at. And that's what we want to do. And through Curbside Ministries, we've been able to make lots and lots of different connections, which is going to be in the community where we're actually at. Um, one of the things that we, I was also able to take part in was a service fair that helps to provide services for children and families that, like, as far as vision screening, health screenings, um, dentistry, all of those things. And so we were able to go and help volunteer. And as we volunteered um, that day, it was, like I said, God's just been kind of wrecking my world lately. And um, he just, as we showed up to volunteer, um, there was different jobs you had to do. And one was to go pick up people from their community to bring them to our school. And um, the majority of volunteers that day were Mormons. And the majority of volunteers were sitting there. And when they were asked, you know, do you know where Lee Street is? Do you know where this street is? They said, of course we do. We go there all the time. We're in that community. And it just really opened my eyes to... They're the ones that people who are coming from other countries that they're, they're interacting with first. And we want to be able to share the truth of Jesus um, and love them, um, but we don't want others to kind of beat us to it, um, if you know what I mean. Um, so there's this one verse that kind of sticks out to me when we're talking about Journey Church. And it's Romans 10, 14, and 15. It says, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Well, we are being sent to go and tell them and to share with them Christ's love. And we just hope that you'd pray for us and this new journey that we are taking um, and that you help support us because it's not going to be easy, but I know that God's going to do amazing things in the process. Good morning. I'm Kyle and um, missing my better two-thirds this morning. My wife, Maria, my son, Samuel, are in Nicaragua, but uh, they're going to be part of the team with us, too. 
Uh, the first slide I'm going to uh, share with you guys this morning. I know some of us are not real big on numbers, but uh, it was pointed out to me that there is a whole book of the Bible called Numbers. So we're going to take a few minutes to uh, just go over a little bit of that, of that this morning. Uh, there's 59 languages spoken in Warren County Public Schools. And over 11% of the total, of total student population is identified as limited English proficiency. According to a 2015 census, 17.1% of the city of Bowling Green population speaks a language other than English. Uh, we can all look around and see that Bowling Green is, has really become a melting pot community, uh, but it really tends to, to sink in more when you can look at numbers like this and see that uh, maybe it's even more than, than we thought or realized. Uh, so it makes perfect sense that, that in a community like this, uh, like we live in in Bowling Green with, with so many different cultures and nationalities that we would have a church that's representative of that, that the congregation is uh, that melting pot as well. I came across a passage this week that uh, sort of sounded a lot like what, what we're planning to try to do uh, at Journey Church, and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and starting in verse 19, it says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. And then skipping down to uh, verse 22, it says, To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. We're going to come across people that, you know, if we are with a Hispanic family, uh, we're going to be Hispanic that day. Uh, which is, as Matt pointed out, easier for some of us than others, since my wife is Hispanic. Uh, if we're with an African family, we're going to become African that day. Uh, our goal is not to, to assimilate the people that we come in contact with to be like us. Um, we want to, to meet them where they are, their culture, uh, their traditions, their stories. Uh, we want to share in that with them. Uh, we want to immerse into their lives. Uh, not just see them at, at Walmart and, and smile and nod and think, gosh, I'm, I'm glad the International Center is here in town to, to help people like that. that. That's good. Somebody needs to help them. Uh, but we feel a burden that we want to be the ones uh, to step out and help. Uh, we don't want to just, uh, well, what we want to do is do what Christ would do. Uh, and that's simple, but it's not always easy. We want to meet their needs. We want to teach them truth, and we want to show them love. We want to imitate the early church. Uh, in the New Testament church, something that's really been uh, kind of sticking out to me for, for some years is that in the early church, they, they shared with each other. They learned from each other. They didn't just meet on uh, Sunday mornings and maybe some Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, but... Uh, they would meet during the week. They would eat together, share meals together, uh, learn from each other. And that's really what we want to try to do with, with the community that we're going to be, be diving into. Uh, the fact is, there's so much more to life uh, than working hard just to pay bills and uh, buy our nice things and enjoy our weekends, our days off from work, and then next thing you know, it's it's work day again, and we go back and just start all over. Uh, if we're not careful, that's kind of what 
our, our society and culture kind of ingrains in us that, that that's normal. That's what we do. Uh, and especially for these new people that are, that are coming to our country and they don't know anybody, they don't know anything, they don't even speak the language. If that's what they're taught, that's what they're going to think. Well, that, that's normal. That's, that's the American dream that I hear about and, and that's life and, and then we die. But uh, to quote one of my favorite songs, it says, we were made for so much more than ordinary lives. Uh, it's time to, for us to do more than just survive. We were made to thrive. Uh, we want to learn to do that ourselves, and we want to be able to teach that and share that with people that are so impressionable uh, where, where they are at this point in their lives. Uh, so we're going to have some really awesome uh, potluck dinners, too. Uh, we will not always know what we're eating, but it will be good. Uh, so that might be a good day to come come check out what's going on at Journey Church if, if you hear about a potluck going on. Uh, but we appreciate you guys' support. So the guy beside me in this picture, his name is Munga. He's my friend that is an officer with a AIRKY organization. It is a refugee organization that is specifically targeting African refugees um, that are coming into the country to help them with the transition period um, that takes place um, I'm going to get into a story that I kind of adjust to some of that, but there are four um, officers there that are in that organization now helping to mobilize um, some of these actions and transitions that we hope to partner with, and they are we're in regular communication with Munga to kind of help us figure out what we as a church can do um, towards um, but towards these these specific African refugees. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about the first time that I met Munga. Through Curbside Ministries, there was a little girl um, who several were concerned about because of a physical thing that was on her body. And uh, we just wanted to make sure that her parents were aware of... Um, what was available in the United States and that she was not in pain. Uh, so I called the only person I knew, which is Leda Becker. She is the liaison in Bowling Green for um, refugees. Um, and so she got in contact with Munga, and through a process of events, we ended up at, at um, this family's apartment. We went in. We addressed the issue with the, the child. The child had been seen, and everything was okay. Um, but as we began to con converse more deeply with the father who was there. Um, he had been a nurse in the Congo previously, but obviously none of those credentials transfer to the United States. And so he's working a job and then trying to also go to school to learn English as a second language. So therefore, he can provide better, have a better job, and provide better for um, his family. Something that you need to know is Africans, they treasure children. Children are a gift from God, so most of them have six or more. Average, I would say from curbside, is probably nine to twelve. Uh, that's probably average. So that's a lot of little mouths to feed and a lot of little shoes, uh, feet to cover with shoes and a lot of little backs to clothe um, with clothes and jackets and those types of things. Obviously, Kentucky is much cooler than most of the parts in Africa. Um, so coming with jackets and those types of things uh, doesn't happen very often. Um, as we sat there, um, I just began to realize and my heart began to sink. 
um, as he began to talk, and I could tell even though I couldn't understand the language and Mungo wasn't translating every single sentence, um, the frustration and um, the discouragement that he had in, in learning English. And um, Leda looked at him and said, you know, don't lose hope. Um, remember that the English language, conversational English, takes an adult about a year and a half to two years to learn. And I just thought, oh, my goodness. And he looked at her and said, I will be an old man by the time I learn English. Um, and he I was halfway joking, but, you know, that's the reality of his life. Um, thoughts as they continued to talk began to swirl in my head. And we exited, and I asked Munga more than a half a dozen questions. Um, I was pretty ignorant about um, refugees and what they go through. Um, I got in my van and closed the door and cut off the radio. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't even listen to music at this point. And tears began to roll down my face. Yes, because of the hardships that they're enduring and um, the things that they have to, the processes that they have to go through. And, you know, I can't imagine having hope and coming here. And yes, my family's in a safe spot, but then I have all this stuff to go through also. But there are also tears that flowed because of my own heart, my own ignorance, and the choice that I've made to overlook some of these things in passing. I'm too caught up in my own world to even realize what's going on in my own community. So that day, I wept all the way home, and things changed. Um, God brought some sin out of my heart. Um, I can't necessarily, and I, I want to be involved in an ESL program for adults, but I can't necessarily teach English to every single refugee that comes into Warren County. I can't necessarily hand out clothes to little girls like that are pictured here um, to every single little girl that comes into Warren County. But I can share Christ with those that I know. And have established relationships with. I can share Christ with Busalelo and with Mackenzie, Mapenzi, and with John and Rafiki and Ilunga and Sabrina and Mike and Indira. I can share Christ with those, and those can share Christ with others. And if you look at it, if, if I reach a half a dozen people, and that half a dozen people reaches another half a dozen people, Warren County is is on a, on a better track for everybody knowing Christ. Good morning. Uh, my name is Lucas Hughes, and uh, I've been dealt to present the timeline. But uh, before I begin, I just want to say thank you. Uh, as a member of Woodburn Baptist Church, uh, I was thinking about it this morning. It's close to 15 years ago that I professed faith in this congregation um, and on, on behalf of my wife, Amanda, my son, Josiah, and my daughter, Magdalene, uh, we all just want to thank you for this opportunity to serve you and uh, begin helping and, and serving the Lord in this way. Um, but again, I just want to talk about the timeline, sort of what lies ahead for us as a core team uh, and Matt and, and the rest that, 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 are, that are to come. Uh, February, uh, we will continue to meet people and uh, begin 
our online presence, and really that that sort of flows into March too, because uh, February we'll we'll work on the website for Journey Church. Uh, March we'll begin a social media presence and begin pushing our campaign on social media. Uh, but but outside of those two months, even just next week, uh, we're we're prayerfully going to worship inside the building uh, and and uh, prayer walk the community and, and meet more people. Uh, sort of what we've been doing leading up to this point today. Um, uh, our goal is to have one sort of large community event at least every month uh, leading up to September, the launch. Um, uh, beginning in April, uh, we'll have a Easter event, uh, which again, uh, these opportunities are, are also for you all to pray about, uh, to possibly volunteer with. Uh, so we encourage you, uh, subsequent to today to, to begin that. Just begin praying for us as a core team, the community, these special events, and uh, maybe see yourself helping out. Uh, June, uh, as, as, as Kyle touched on, uh, English is, is very uh, hard to come by for these people. Um, uh, prayerfully so, we'll, we'll begin an ESL program. Uh, I'm even happy to, to say that uh, someone's already approached me this morning about wanting to volunteer in that. So, uh, and I should also note that that person has never done ESL. I've never done ESL, and I'm interested in doing this. But uh, that individual had never done an ESL lesson before. But uh, in July, uh, we'll, we'll obviously have a 4th of July and in August, sort of a, a back-to-school thing. But I think it's important to note uh, the, the first and second preview services. Uh, that's where we'll gather together as a core team and possibly with a few internationals uh, in the building and go from A to Z uh, what the worship service will look like. Um, so be in prayer for that. And then obviously in September, we'll have our launch day prayerfully uh, and Lord willing. Um, so again, just on behalf of the Hughes family, uh, we thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, it's, it's great to see dedicated and, and uh, other members of Woodburn that, that want to help out. And it's great to be a part of a church with such a vision as this. Uh, thank you so much. All right. I want to point out a couple more things before we close out today is, um, number one, you know, obviously the ministry that we're beginning, the church that we're beginning, um, is huge, huge need. And there's tons of needs in this, this community, uh, more than most. And, uh, so there'll be a, 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 quite a big cost involved in that. And you kind of see our breakdown the first year of budget. We're looking at about $130,000 budget for the year. And I've got it broken down into percentages at this uh, on this screen, but I've got it broken down into numbers on a, on a piece of paper. Um, one thing we, we're doing here today is not asking for money. We're not asking you for anything by way of finances today unless I can get people to lock the doors right now. And no, I'm, I'm just kidding, but we're, we're not doing that. But I, one thing I, want, I just want you to be aware of some of our needs uh, going forward this year. Look at the next slide is the building. Uh, this is the Warren Association of Baptist uh, building over on Old Barren River Road and Veterans Memorial Highway. Um, this is an awesome building, folks. This is, and just a few weeks ago, this came um, through a phone call to me from John Mark Toby, the director of missions at Warren Association. Uh, but this, this will be shared by three congregations. It'll be us, 
uh, Nueva Vida, which Woodburn has supported for years and years as a church planning partner and also a Burmese congregation in this building. So we'll share times, we'll share spaces, all that kind of stuff. But this this, uh, sanctuary actually holds about 250 people. It's not much smaller than this room is right here. And uh, it's got, on the downstairs, it's got a kitchen. Um, bathrooms, uh, meeting rooms, and things like that. And then upstairs, there's an unfinished uh, full area that just needs to be finished out for children's ministry and things like that. So that's the building that we're actually looking at. Um, The next slide is a card that's going to be coming around. Nick and a few others, I believe, is going to give you a card. And around you somewhere is a pen, uh, hopefully, that you can fill this out. Can I see one of those real quick? Um, but we made this. This is our ask for today, okay? So we're not asking for finances. We're not asking for money. But we're just asking you to do, do a few things and consider a few things. Um, the first thing is this on, on the sheet is you'll see a little block there. The first one says, I would like more information about the possibility of joining the Journey Church launch team. Now, you need to understand this is not a, a lifetime commitment necessarily. It could be. But this could be a, a, a commitment that you say, you know what, I'll give you the next 10 months. I'll get you through launch. I want to be part of this through launch, and, and then we'll see what happens. Uh, but this is kind of that, that aspect of, man, there's something down in your soul, down in your spirit that says, you know, God may have this for me and my family. And this is not just sitting on a pew. This is not just doing the normal life as it is, but this is something that I could be a part of. This is a mission of God. And uh, whether that's a short period of time or a long period of time, we would love to have that conversation with you to see if your vision for a new church also matches up with the vision God has given us. So, so if, that, if you're interested in that, if you just want more information or conversation, make sure you mark that. The second one is this. I would like to be kept informed of the progress of Journey Church. So this is basically where I put you on an email list, and I give you updates from time to time, almost like a little uh, miniature newsletter that you can just set, you can see what's going on. You can see what you can plug into from time to time, and you just know the direction that we're going with things. And the third one is this. I will commit to pray for the ministry of Journey Church. This is also another email list where we just send you people that we're praying for, concerns we have, things that God's doing, just things that you can pray for as a congregation and as our our brothers and sisters in Christ. So all I ask for you to do today is mark one or all three of those or whatever applies to you, um, and put your name, phone, address, and email and either give those to one of us on the team or drop them in a basket in, in the welcome area, in the lobby on the welcome desk area. There's a basket sitting right on top of that. So before you leave today, I would love to, to gather those up and begin to uh, process that information and see who's interested in different things. So um, we're going to close out the service. I, listen, I, I appreciate so much what you've done for us and the vision that you guys have for the, for the planning churches in this country, in this world. Um, you're part of this church. We're all family. So this, this journey church is not just, hey, this is a, a, a team that's going out and it's a side ministry of Woodburn Baptist Church. This is a full-on Woodburn Baptist Church church plant. And we need the support of every single person in this room by way of prayer and just time and energy and whatever else that you have to give to God and let him do with it. Um, I'm going to ask Don Lancet. Don Lancet is uh, a friend of mine. He's just recently moved. When was it, Don, that you moved to, to Bowling Green? About a year ago. And he moved up here for grandkids, right? But Don and Patty moved up here from Georgia, and they were part of a church 
plant in Georgia. Their home church there went 15 minutes up the road and planted another church, very similar to what we're doing here. And, uh, and I've just loved talking and getting to know Don and Patty and just the wisdom that they already shared with us about church planning, the, the heartaches, the good times, the, the awesome things that God does and the, and the crazy stuff that happens in church planning. Um, but I'm going to have Don pray over our service and our ending time here. And then after he prays, you are dismissed. But again, thank you so much for being here today and being part of, of this, um, this vision casting service. Don. Thank you. Uh, let's all stand, if you don't mind. And let's uh, gather together and hold hands and just show unity in prayer, if you don't mind. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today to first ask for forgiveness of our sins. Give us pure hearts, Lord. We are so thankful for you sending your Son to die for our sins. What an awesome gift of imputed righteousness you have given us. What an exciting time to see your people going out to prepare for your harvest, to bring together your church body and planning this new church, the Journey Church. Give us strength and steadfastness, steadfastness for the days ahead. Heavenly Father, with pure hearts, we ask that your spirit present within us will direct us to act on the needs put before us today. Give us a clear vision of your will. Give us courage over any uncertainty to follow your will. May our actions glorify you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will provide for sufficient and passionate missionary workers, for abundant financial resources so that our missionary teams can focus on ministry, for a spirit of unity throughout this journey, for powerful teaching of your word, for wisdom and discernment, for encouragement and protection of the leadership and staff, for cultural awareness and sensitivity, for the loss that you have put in our path and for protection against the onslaught of the enemy. Heavenly Father, we especially pray for the Journey Church leadership team, the called missionaries for this church plant and their families, that you would give them rest, strength, intimacy with you, Lord, obedience to your word, balance of family, wisdom, a loving spirit, patience, and a discernment for your timing. We ask that you would inspire and raise up an army of prayer warriors willing to pre preserve and wage war on their knees for this church, the Journey Church, and all, all that is to come. We ask that you would increase our dependence on you, increase our faith in your sovereignty and power, and we pray for our willingness to submit together to the leading of your Spirit. Heavenly Father, with the daunting task we have ahead of us, we ask for your blessing on this church, the church plant team, and all those who decide to come as missionaries. We ask for blessings for all those who will help in whatever way you direct their heart to support the Journey Church. Let your will be done now and for all the days to come in the future. Amen. Have a good Sunday. Thank you so much.